The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is a show that champions entrepreneurs, startups, early stage and all small businesses, and we're heard right around the world. Thanks for making us the number one business radio show on the planet for entrepreneurs. Now, we begin each week with a little segment called Bob's Thought for the Day, sayings that are simple and give us something to think about. Today, I've got three quotes from industry leaders that prove that even the gurus of business are not always right. I must admit, you know, when I'm in the company of people who have achieved extraordinary things, I tend to be a little overawed by their achievements, and we don't expect them to say really dumb things. But how about a couple of these classics? I think one of the best has to be by Daryl Zanuck. He was the co-founder of 20th Century Fox, and he said, television won't be able to hold on to any market it captures after the first six months. People will get sick and tired of staring at a plywood box every night. Wow, that was an accurate prediction. Television's now been going for 80 years, and the average American watches 28 hours a week. That's equivalent to two months of full-time watching 24 hours a day. So um, that was one that Daryl really screwed up. I always love. I also love this one from um, Ken Olson, who was the president of Digital Equipment Corporation. Who said in 1977, "There is absolutely no reason for any individual to have a computer in his home." Oh boy, that was another good call, wasn't it? Now the world's got 1.5 billion PCs and about three billion smartphones, which is just another handheld computer. Well, how about this one from Steve Chen? He was the co-founder, as you know, of YouTube. He said, there's just not that many videos that I want to watch. Well, Steve, there are no, now over 4 billion hours of videos watched on YouTube every week. 4 billion hours. So much for, well, there's just not that many videos. So it just goes to prove that even the gurus are wrong quite frequently. I'll bring you more words of wisdom from our illustrious leaders next week. Now, there was an announcement this week by Dow Jones Venture Source, which reported that in the first quarter this year, there was an 11% decrease in capital and a 6% venture capital and a 6% decrease in the number of deals from the quarter before. Now, 
even though that's that's even more scary, is the fact that compared to the same period in 2012, there's an 11% decrease in deals and a 12% decrease in the amount invested. Now, this has been brought about by a lack of confidence in the economy. I mean, I see new sensational products popping up every week and they're having trouble getting funded. Now, a new Associated Press poll shows that only one in four Americans now expects his or her own financial situation to improve in the next year. Now, this downbeat public attitude coincides with dour economic reports showing slowdowns in gains in hiring, consumer retail spending slowdowns, slowdown in manufacturing activity and economic growth Automatic government spending cuts, um, which are now starting to bite with the air traffic controllers, as from yesterday, is contributing to the current sluggishness and an increased wariness on the part of shoppers, employers and investors. Now, overall, 25% of those in the poll describe the nation's economy as good and 59% describe it as poor. And we're bringing this downturn on ourselves we're bringing the reduction in venture capital on ourselves. We are talking ourselves into a poor economy. The United States is in the middle of a business restructure that will bring another boom, bigger than any boom ever before, and will be driven by technology that will demonstrate clearly that this country has the best economic engine in the world, bar none. Instead of doom and gloom, we should be highly confident of the future. We should be investing in new enterprises. We should be giving entrepreneurs the funds they need to lead the world in development and productivity. You know, we can confidently go out and build new homes. We can invest in that new car and we can go out and enjoy all of the benefits that America provides. So come on, America, for God's sake. Don't let yourself get talked into a poor economy that doesn't exist. Be positive. Be enthusiastic. And instead of talking the economy, business and government down, let's build them up. Give them the support that reflects the real spirit of this amazing country. We don't need dream takers. We need people that are going to put into the, into the enthusiasm of the country. Now, I think we'll all agree that Walmart's a pretty financially savvy organisation. Well, this week they announced a promise to buy $50 billion, possibly up to $500 billion, more American-made products over the next decade. Does that sound like a lack of confidence in the economy? $500 billion worth of American purchases? So after years of buying cheap goods overseas, Walmart's realised that by the time they take into account shipping costs, shipping delays, often shoddy goods, there's real value in buying just-in-time, high-quality American goods that can bypass Walmart's distribution centres, deliver directly into stores and save them money. So Walmart is showing justified confidence in the American economy. So should you. So get off your ass, get out there, and start talking the economy up. Be part of the solution. Don't be the cause of the problem. Now, <laughs> I love it when I can yell at people. Now, before I begin to talk about my main topic in today's program, I want to mention a great entrepreneur in Los Angeles who just happens to be a friend 
and a fellow Aussie. In the US, if you're at a ball game or go to a fair, you'll have a hot dog or a hamburger. In Australia, we'll eat a meat pie or a sausage roll, which are handheld snacks. They're about the size of your hand and you just hold them in your hand and eat them. A a sausage roll is hamburger mince in a flaky pastry. They're yummy. Now, pies and sausage rolls are both great. In fact, at Australia's major football final, which attracts about 100,000 people, the attendees eat nearly half a million pies. (laughs) It's a lot of pies. Now, my friend, friend, Samantha Bryan, last week launched her Bronze Aussie Pie Shop on South Los Angeles Street, near the corner of 7th in Los Angeles. She attracted a great crowd with free pies and pasties. Everybody absolutely loved them. They had a great didgeridoo player and a band playing Aussie songs. It was a fantastic afternoon, really was. And I want to wish Samantha every success with a brave venture in into town with fast food stores in every corner. And I'm sure she's going to make it. It's a great product. So if you're one of the 45,000 Aussies in Los Angeles or one of the 400,000 Aussies in the US or just an American that wants to try a really great snack, make sure you get along to Bronzed Aussie and tell them that Bob sent you. I might get a free pie. It'd be great. And if you can't get along there, give them a call. Got a pen? Write this down. 818-703-2869 and do what I'm going to do. Order a case of Bronzed Aussie pies from home. This program is all about supporting entrepreneurs, so go, Sam, go get them. I'm going to report back in a couple of months as to how she's doing, but I know she'll do well. Now, we've spoken a lot on this program over the past few months about social media and how it's now an essential tactic of marketing strategies. Unfortunately, as more and more businesses jump into social media, it's become the breeding ground for many businesses and professionals or so-called professionals who simply don't know what they're talking about. It reminds me of the website boom when everybody became a website designer and we ended up with a whole bunch of crap websites, people getting in to make a fast dollar that didn't have a clue. Well, we're back to that again. There are countless problems with the majority of social media marketing strategies. Let me just talk about a couple of the main ones. The first is that the so-called experts have created unrealistic expectations. For executives of most companies to accept social media as a marketing strategy, these professionals had to prove that social media would improve sales because if it didn't, what would be the point of doing it? There's so many other vehicles already. So we applied cost per acquisition or cost per sale metrics to social media. Unfortunately, as these KPIs were developed, we forgot several key aspects of sales and marketing. Firstly, not all sales can be directly tied to online actions immediately. Like most advertising, digital environment and marketing, it's complex. There are too many variables, and we've been conditioned just to look at black and white. What's the ad? When did it run? What's the result? Secondly, 
many marketers forgot the importance of building branding in developing brand preferences, favorability, and building brand advocates. And that creates the long-term customers. They mightn't be in the market today, but they've been in the market in the past and they will be again in the future. Thirdly, as you funnel off the users most likely to convert, your cost to convert those further down the sales funnel are going to be higher. They're going to be harder to get. So those executives who want results to increase year after year, like they do, say, with financial results, that is totally unrealistic. Because at some point in your business life cycle, you're going to have to primarily focus on retaining your customers and not converting new ones. There's also a lack of integrated marketing communications. We've, you know, we've all talked forever about the marketing mix, the need to have various vehicles reinforcing others so that you, you reach people effectively. For most brands, your messaging has got to be consistent. No matter what you're advertising, it doesn't matter whether it's a social media or a billboard or a website or commercials or magazine inserts or television or radio, it doesn't matter. It all needs to be integrated so it strengthens your message, spread words about what you're trying to achieve and creates more success. Now, far too often we see poor business and marketing knowledge. In fact, often, apparently no marketing knowledge at all. Businesses are jumping into social media because it's perceived to be low cost. However, you know, there's a few things you've got to remember here. Firstly, just because it is cheap doesn't mean you'd use it. <laughs> I just thought of something very funny, but I can't say it. I probably could, but I'd probably be banned forever. Secondly, you've got to develop a marketing plan for your business before you attempt any marketing at all. You know, you'd need a business strategy. You need a marketing strategy. And if you're out looking for investors, you need an investment strategy. And they're all individual. They're all different. They all serve a different purpose, need to be written in a different way. Thirdly, you utilize a social media marketing expert before undertaking any social media campaign. You know, most people who do their own marketing and do their own advertising, do crappy advertising and crappy marketing. So if, if you're going to, it doesn't matter, the fact that it's cheap is even more incentive to use somebody really good because you've got the money to do it. We need to get back to the real strategies behind marketing. If you want to know more about marketing, buy my new book, <laughs> Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition. That's a step-by-step -step marketing lesson. You know, Tim Draper said, read this book and they will come. So, you know, you need to have strategies behind your marketing. Make the consumer want to love and buy your brand. That's what marketing is. And it's the direction we need to go. Now, don't forget, this program is all about you, the entrepreneur, the small business person that's sitting there listening to the show, looking for tips on how to be more successful. It's bloody hard out there. I did an interview this morning and the guy I was interviewing said, business is like war. You've got to treat it the same way. And that's true. 
You're going head-to-head with somebody else. They get the business or you get the business. It's war. It's not nice. It's not easy. It's hard. But that's what this program's here for. The whole show's dedicated to assisting entrepreneurs. So if you've got a question, don't hesitate to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com and we'll answer it on air or we'll email you directly. You're listening to the number one show in the world for entrepreneurs, the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. And we're going to be back in just a moment with a great interview. This is really fantastic. With Chris Adams. Chris is the CEO of Spondo.com, a company that will absolutely revolutionize the distribution of programming through their great syndication model. I will make you all a bet now that Twitter, Facebook or Google will buy them out within 12 months for a massive amount of money. It actually couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I'll be back in just a moment with my interview with Chris. This is Bob Pritchard. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is the part of the show where we talk to extraordinary people. You know, people that have enjoyed great success and are really making a difference. There's just so many amazingly talented people in this world. I love to speak to them because I'm a dummy and I learn things all the time. It is great. And they've got so much that they can teach us. And my aim in these interviews is to find out you know, what they're doing, but also what makes them tick and how each of us can learn from their experiences. Last week, my guest was an Australian, Adam Hudson, who came to Los Angeles some years ago and has done extraordinarily well with Firestarter videos. Today, my guest is Chris Adams, who I also met at Metal in Los Angeles, who's from Pennsylvania and met and married an Australian girl and now lives in all places, of all places, in Brisbane. 
Now, I've seen some great CVs. This guy has world-class, groundbreaking credits that go on for pages and pages. You couldn't, you couldn't make up a CV this good. So I'll just tell you a little bit. Chris Adams is an internationally recognized new media pioneer, media entertainment and technology executive. In 2013, Chris was appointed global CEO and executive director to online video streaming syndication company Spondo. His long-time consulting company, Orbit Media Group, specialises in helping companies achieve greater market share, revenues and traction through speed, experience and access to decision makers and influencers. Through Orbit, Chris held senior management roles with Facebook.com, from which he helped to create and produce Facebook diaries. He's also worked with Amazon.com, Lycos.com, HBO, Comcast Cable and Interactive, and Glam.com, where he built Glam TV. In 2003, he helped build ParticipantMedia.com and its first slate of movies, Syriana, North Country, Good Night and Good Luck, Charlie Wilson's Wars and the documentary Murderball were nominated for 11 Academy Awards. Chris has also identified and helped develop An Inconvenient Truth for former Vice President Al Gore and addition to and in addition to winning an Academy Award for Best Documentary, contributed to Gore being awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Bloody hell. That is just the tip of the iceberg. When he's not consulting for some of the biggest companies in the world, or lecturing at universities, or completing his second PhD, he's also published children, he's a published children's book author, and his first story, Sam the Biggest Fire Truck, is available at a fully as a fully interactive iPad application in the iTunes App Store. So how's that? And I've only read about a quarter of it. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Thanks, Bob. What do you do when you? Pleasure to be here. What do you do in your spare time? Well, in Brisbane, there's nothing to do in your spare time. Yeah, well, I mean, there, yeah, well, actually, there's, you know, Brisbane's not so bad. I, I, I enjoy living there, and especially with my, my young son, who's seven now. So yeah. we've got him playing footy, and, you know, we take lots of bike rides and enjoy nature. And um, But, yeah, between the, the career and my son, um, I don't have a lot of downtime, but I try to enjoy the, the, the little that I have. Yeah, well, I, having spoken to you, Privately, I know you do. So what is Spondo.com and how does it work? Tell us about it. Look, look good question. I mean, Spondo.com is, is essentially, it's a platform um, like many other platforms in the video space. However, yeah. this is a platform that allows anybody with a website or a Facebook page or a blog to become a commercial broadcaster. So, so to kind of think about having an entire Hulu-like solution right in your Facebook page where you can curate content from our big library. I mean, we have tens of thousands of titles of premium content in movies and television and documentaries and videos and all those things. Right. Um, and you can broadcast pay-per-view, ad support, or subscription right out of your page. I mean, Spondo's, the, the, the real DNA behind Spondo is that online video, the Netflix and the Hulus and the, the uh, Apple TVs and the iTunes and everything, they're all the same. I mean, yeah. they're just blockbuster online. Yeah. So why doesn't Content providers have direct relationships with their audiences. Why can't why can't individuals become programmers? Okay, so you you sort of become your own wig. Yeah, 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 exactly. So you're your own network. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So, how, who came up with the name Spondo? 
Oh, look, I mean, I took over the company recently. I've been involved for about nine months now, but the, the, the founders came up with it. And what does it mean? Anything? Look, it's, it's <laughs> on the one hand, <laughs> on the one hand, you know, to have a successful dot-com company, you have to have a, a, a name with two, two O's in it, you know, yeah. Google or yeah, Yahoo sure. or Facebook. So there's a little <laughs> bit of that, trying to find a name that had two O's. Um, also, it's, it's, there's a, there's several, in several kind of Celtic Latin languages, there's a derivative of it that means money. So oh, we tried okay. to do, tried to suggest that the, the concept of, of payments you know, so this is about being paid to broadcast video out of your site. Okay. I think that's very cool. Great idea. So yeah, thank you. What is content syndication and how does it work? So content syndication, it's just like any other syndication, ad syndication, all of those types of things. But this is yeah. the idea that <clears throat> that rather than Spondo being a destination like a Netflix or a Hulu, right. what we believe is that great content should be shared with everybody. So what we do is we gather as much content as we can, um, and again, we have a pretty vast library, and anybody can take our tools and the content, put it on their site or blogger page, and they can broadcast it out to their audiences, and this goes on endlessly. So it's not about um, coveting or, or holding that content uh, near and dear and trying to get people to come to you. We're just saying, hey, anybody in the world, come and grab the content. Put it on your page and, and broadcast it to your audience. So we're, we're really opening up, we're democratizing the whole broadcasting industry. So how, does, how do royalties or payments or how does that work? Somebody's got yeah, to be paid somewhere for something. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the good news is, is that we, we have a, a great revenue sharing model. Um, so the content provider, whoever is the publisher or the producer, sure. gets 50% of okay. the price, of the eventual price of when somebody sells the content. Okay. So that somebody being an affiliate, right. they get 25%, and Spondo gets 25%, and we cover, we being Spondo, cover all of the costs. So we cover the hosting, the streaming, the merchant fees. So all an individual okay. needs to do is come and grab our tools, come and grab our content, put them up there. Uh, the pricing's already there, so the content provider, the content publisher sets the pricing. So... You know, if you wanted to sell a video for two bucks, if it was a kid's show and you wanted to sell it for two bucks, um, the content owner would get a dollar, you'd yeah. get 50 cents, and we would get 50 cents. So it's a similar, it's no different really than what YouTube's doing, for example. Yeah. 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 In a lot of ways, except, except you know, the, the big, the big difference is the syndication. The, yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. Got it. Um, so what does this Monday solution provide to content owners it's just and affiliates it's just um, extra exposure for their for their product and revenue yep yep so, so so for content owners I mean the great thing is that a lot of content owners are, are are very aggressively licensing their content to lots of online platforms which is fine right yeah yep. but this is because of our syndication model we can go exponential because we're integrated into facebook we have billions of potential affiliates um, and also because anyone in the world can take the content we're really challenging the, the into all the ideas about territorial licensing and challenging in a good way i mean right now uh, everybody gets content like hulu gets content just for the us you can't see hulu in australia frankly sure. i think that's ridiculous i mean yeah. You know, why should there be territorial licenses for content on the Internet, which is by definition global, I agree. Yeah. right? And then for affiliates, 
the great, the, the, I think the real power of Spondo is that if you're a blogger, if you have a website, if you're a media company with tons of, of, um, ban- of masthead sites, it's additional revenue, and it's a high-quality premium offering to your users. I mean, yeah. social in a lot of ways has gathered massive quantities or massive communities of interest. People are gathering around bloggers or around um, sites or around influencers. And those influencers struggle often to present them with high-quality content all the time, right? I mean, it's one thing to have pictures and to be writing blog articles and then trying to monetize them through YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff. But if you're a car blogger, and you just love the, you know, the V8 or the F1 or you love muscle cars or whatever, why not turn your blog into Top Gear? Yeah. Yeah, great idea. So mm. what makes you unique is the syndication model. That, that's, yes. that's the real differentiation. <clears throat> yes, there's, I mean, there's, there's two real things that make it unique. One is the syndication, which from a not only technical but from a business model makes it very unique. Um, The other thing that makes it very unique is our proprietary technology and how we do it, including the fact that we can take an individual piece of content, syndicate it virtually endlessly across three revenue models being pay-per-view, ad-supported, and subscription as many times through as many shares and and, and other people signing up, et cetera, et cetera, and we can track and pay endlessly right. across. So imagine if you have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of pieces of content being syndicated through our platform all over the world, being shared and viewed by millions, if not hundreds of millions. How do you track all that stuff? How do you pay? Right. Well, we built the engine that can do that. Yeah. The only thing I'm thinking of is where do you find a bank big enough to keep all this money? <laughs> Jeez, well, what, from your lips to God's ears. So. What a bloody good idea. Thanks. thanks. Yeah, we, I thought so too when I came across it. Yeah, it's a fantastic idea. Now, you're in the US. Yep. The company's based in Australia. Yep. So this really is a global solution. It, it, anybody in the world that, that wants to take your material and, and on-sell right. it can do so. That's but, right. I suspect if, if you um, had a come up with this idea in Australia and not had all your contacts, etc., you'd be living over here now rather than in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, well, my wife and I often debate, like, what if I had come across Spondo earlier? Well, A, it would have been a hell of a lot easier to raise money, because yeah. <laughs> so, raising yeah. money in Australia is tough. Um, it's difficult. And I, you know, who knows how long I would have been here. But look, the nice thing is, is that is that you know, I live in Brisbane, the company's based in Melbourne, so I spend obviously all of my time there. But yeah. it is a global solution. I mean, we have people, we, we now have people all over the world using the solution. We now have offices in Los Angeles, we have offices in Europe, um, we're rolling out a huge, huge uh, program in Germany through a couple of their giant media companies in the UK and LA and Singapore. Um, so it is, it is global. We can kind of be any place that we want, but obviously in the content industry, in the uh, video streaming, the high-tech sure. industry, it's, it's very helpful to be in L.A. and Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah, it is. Gee, Netflix hit 200 bucks this morning, too. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty good, <laughs> huh? Not <Yeah>. bad. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I wonder how long that'll last. Um, so you worked at, worked at Amazon and Participant Media and Facebook. Um, yeah. What... That, that must have given you a sensational grounding to be able to make Spondo succeed. Yeah, you know what, thank you for, for, uh, for pointing that out because 
I often think that. I mean, I, so I worked at you know the largest e-commerce company in the world. I made movies, and I worked at the biggest social network in the world. And in some way, I mean, what Spondo really is is a social broadcasting company. Yes. Right. Yeah. And there, it is about transactions. So it's about it's about content, transactions, and social. So I, I couldn't. I don't think I couldn't have. I could have been better prepared um, in my career for Spondo. And I don't yeah. think there's any way. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I think you're right, and um, you couldn't have done that in Australia either. No. Um, so, what else are you doing? What else are you working on? Or is Spondo it? It's your whole life now, or? What oh, look, you know, it's with? um. Look, startups are are, are very very consuming, um, yeah. as as you know, and and my passion for Spondo. I mean, I'm as, I'm as excited about Spondo, if not more, than anything I've ever done. Um, and yet, I still have other interests and, and other loves. And um, you know, I'm, I'm writing my third children's book right now. Well, actually, I've written it. I'm, I'm in the process of getting it published. So it's called Dan the Biggest Dump Truck, which is a follow-up <laughs> of Sam the Biggest Fire Truck. Uh, <laughs> you can yeah. see a theme here. And I've been very, very lucky that my um, one of my dear friends, Hugh Jackman, has narrated it uh, for me. Right. Um, and we That's are a good start. Yeah, it is a good start, and and, and look, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to have that relationship with Hugh, and, and his children have read my book, and um, they really love it, and uh, it's it's very, very special, and yet also the fact that all of my books are for, um, they benefit charities, is very right. important to my partnership with Hugh, so sure. upon publication, all profits from all of the books, whether they be print or an e-book or an i-book or an app book, all of those formats, are going to be going to the Global Poverty Project and to World Vision. Fantastic. So, um, so we're very, um, very excited about that. And then recently, um, I wrote a chapter in a book called It's That Easy Online Marketing 3.0, um, which just got published last month. And it is a collection of 18 marketing people from around the world, because I used to run a digital media agency. Um, and we all kind of took a chapter, uh, a crack at what is the future of um, online marketing. Yeah. And my chapter, which was the first one in the book, uh, is on storytelling okay. and how it doesn't matter, you know, what you're doing if you're doing press or social or, you know, it doesn't matter yeah, what your marketing campaign is. If you're not telling a story, uh, then you're not, then, then all of those tips and tools and tactics are useless. I mean, in, in my view, the greatest story ever told in advertising was Nike's Just Do It. Yeah. All right. So you have to connect with people through storytelling. So, yeah, um, so those I've been having fun with those things. Yeah. All all marketing's emotional. I I give a lot of exactly. speeches, and one of the speeches I give is about um, if you can't connect with your potential customer emotionally, you're dead in the water. You're not going to get yeah, a sale. Right. You're not going to get word of mouth. You're not going to get the passion that's required to become a successful business. So um, I uh, I agree entirely. Yeah. The um. So why children's books? You. Apart from the fact now you've got um, your son, is it just something you've always wanted to do, or something? That it you... is. It is, and and um, I've I've always loved children's books. I mean, I was a voracious reader as a child. I, mean, I grew up on a farm, so um, I mean, my parent, my family wasn't farmers, but we literally grew up on a stone farmhouse on a farm in Pennsylvania in the woods. Um, yeah. 
away from all of the distractions. And I read and read and read and read, and I really realized how important reading and literacy is to children. So yeah. when I when my son came around, um, not only do we do my wife and I read to him voraciously, but also with with new platforms, with the iPad and sure. computers and all that stuff. Um, I wanted to. I wanted, I'm very interested in convergence. So I wanted to take literacy and literature and exploit and leverage these new formats. Um, yeah. And then, and frankly, Bob, you know, I, I kind of ran out of books at a certain point with my son. We read everything, and we were trying to find new stuff. So I just started making stuff up. Yeah, that's, 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 you know, that's I just started right. telling yeah. stories. So Sam the Biggest Fire Truck was just a story that I told to my son, you know, a hundred times. Yeah. Um, and he, he's the greatest editor I ever had uh, because he would go, oh, that doesn't make sense. And what do you mean yeah. by that, Daddy? And by, uh, over time, um, I told the story so much that I wrote it down. And then the same thing with Dan, the biggest dump truck. And I have five more that I've written that are in the pipeline to get published. And they're about all the kinds of different things. And, um, and I find that when you, you, st- you tell stories with children, um, you, it really, <clears throat> the connection that you make with them is so amazing. And so I just really believe that the stories I told my son are universal. Yeah. Um, I want to help children to learn how to read and also with the interactivity, all of the, all the books that I do have painting functionality and, you know, voice record and you can tell the story to yourself and all these different things. So you learn, and then you can share, you can use all of those share tools, you know, yeah, on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, so you, I want parents and, t- and, and their children to connect over reading and sharing and art, right, and imagination. Yeah. But also, I want them to know that by reading and sharing and art and imagination, they can help other children. So I partner with children's charities. I think it's also critical because one of the things I think that um, is being belted out of kids at school is art creativity imagination you know you don't follow that path because you can't possibly make a a dollar out of it become a plumber or a mba don't become somebody creative that's something you can fiddle around with at the edges but it's not something that you can really should really focus on and i think that's a tragedy um oh i do too i mean and look i I got my undergraduate degree in English literature. I got my master's degree in film, and I got my MFA in poetry. Right. <laughs> so, and and I'm a you know I'm a I'm an executive running company, big companies, and now I run a startup in the technology area. I mean, I think it's complete bollocks what they're doing. You know, yeah, it just yeah. absolutely drives me mad that they are pounding art and imagination, yeah, and music yeah. and all these things out of children. Because, look, it, you need that. You need that creative thinking. If, if all you want to do is be an engineer, you need to know how to think creatively and, and how to use math and science and technology to solve problems. But if your mind is shut up in a little box called, you know, the uh, the standardized testing criteria, yeah. you know, what yeah. good are you? I just no, think I, it's tragic. I agree. Um, are you familiar with Sir Ken Robinson? Baldy by name. I mean, I don't know. He, he yeah. gives a he gives an extraordinary presentation about um, what's wrong with schools, not only here in the states because he's he's actually English, um, but he lives in Los Angeles, and um, he he is really on about um, the need for school to go back to really pushing arts and yeah. imagination yeah. and creativity, and he's um, he's terrific, and I try to support him everywhere I can. Mate, thanks very much for joining me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Oh, it's my really pleasure, Bob. It's, it's been terrific it. to talk to you. And 
If you'd like to find out more about Chris and Spondo, you can go to Spondo, S-P-O-N-D-O, two O's, following the tradition, (laughs) (laughs) .com. Chris, I hope to catch up with you again at Metal in the near future or somewhere else, maybe even in Brisbane. Absolutely. Absolutely. With more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show right after this short message. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking, No Bullshit Business Show. Coming at you this week from my hometown of Los Angeles, where it has been absolutely gorgeous all week. Beautiful weather. Went down and... um, Sat in one of my favourite restaurants yesterday, by the where the water goes up underneath the restaurant, floor to ceiling glass. Just watching the dolphins go jumping past the window, it was fantastic. So, um, great part of the world. Now, this is a segment of the show where we bring you emails from our listeners from all over the planet. And as I've mentioned before, doesn't matter whether you're in Moscow or whether you're in Sydney or whether you're in Tokyo or here in Los Angeles or wherever the hell you are, all businesses have the same issues. And um, when I give a speech anywhere in the world, and I've spoken in 53 countries, you get exactly the same questions. Um, everybody's got the same issues. So every email that I answer in this segment of the show relates to pretty much any business anywhere on the planet, and that's what I love about it. And my first email today is from Michael Montgomery from a place called Globe in Arizona. And Michael writes, Dear Bob, I never miss your show, and I hope you get the opportunity to do the small business seminar in Phoenix later in the year. Just for those of you who didn't hear, I um, mentioned a few weeks ago that I wouldn't mind doing a small business seminar in Phoenix, um, which is where the radio station, 
Voice America is, is located and uh, I figure that we could get some local sponsors and some other people from the station and we could do a seminar that would help all small businesses. Um, and I'm still working on that, so I'll keep you posted. Um, Michael goes on to say, I'm about 80 miles out of Phoenix, but I'm confident that myself and a number of other retailers and business people in our area would come across to see you. It is something that is really needed, particularly when you get out of the big cities. But Bob, my question is, we hear a lot about LinkedIn and Twitter for driving your business along with blogs, etc. But surely the thousand pound gorilla in the room is Facebook. One billion people can't be wrong. Well, actually, Michael, they can, but they're probably not. How do we use Facebook to promote our businesses and keep us posted on your progress with a small business seminar? Thanks, Michael. I actually know Globe. I know that sounds extraordinary, but I actually know it. I have actually been there. And I also know that it was the home of Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. Michael, are you any relation by any chance? Not married to the sister or anything? Okay, down to business. We know that Facebook's got somewhere between 700 million and a billion users. Now, that's a gigantic market that nobody in business can ignore. We, you know, it is the thousand-pound gorilla. An IDC study of smartphone owners shows just how popular Facebook is with those who use mobiles. Facebook ranks as one of the top three things people do on a smartphone. I'm not sure what the other two are, but presuming that one of them is making phone calls, <laughs> it's, it's right up there. 70% of those surveyed use Facebook with the average person checking Facebook, get this, 14 times a day. So these results, you know, to me they're surprising, but they're an indication that Facebook aficionados provide a huge growth opportunity for small business. You know, and, and any owners that are savvy enough to focus their marketing efforts on this demographic. I mean, it's got to be a great way to get out there. So, want to grow your business? Embrace mobile marketing and tap into the hundreds of millions of smartphone-wielding, dedicated Facebook fans. Now, marketing your business is hard and it's expensive. It is not easy. If you do it right, it brings you results. If you don't do it right, it's a bottomless pit in which you continue to tip money. As I said in the first half, Always get a professional to do this for you. Don't try to do it yourself. You know, don't take a Mercedes to a, the, the guy down the road that's got a pair of air overalls and a garage. Take it to the Mercedes dealer. Same with marketing. Go to the people that know and understand it. Check them out first. Check their references, but use a professional. Now, you've only got so much time and so much money that you can spend on marketing. So you need to be very strategic about how and where you spend that time and money. And unless you're a dinosaur or have your head buried firmly in the sand, just the sheer numbers of Facebook fans tells you that it's got to be one of the most effective platforms that any business or, in fact, anybody can use to reach a very wide audience. Now, we've spoken on this program many times about how critically important mobile marketing has become for any business. Its growth is explosive, and because it's such an interactive medium, 
It is a very powerful tool. Now, a study by the web.com group shows that of the small businesses who embrace mobile marketing, more than 80% have seen an increase in new business as a result. Let me just say that again. A study by the web.com group shows that of the small businesses who embrace mobile marketing, more than 80%, 80% have seen an increase in new business as a result. That's phenomenal. And if you're using mobile marketing, you can't afford to miss the massive user base that Facebook has. So how can you take advantage of the opportunity that Facebook presents? Well, it offers several mobile marketing tools to help small business to expand their Facebook reach. Firstly, a feature called Nearby offers users recommendations based on your Facebook likes, check-ins, tags, etc. And it's been demonstrated many times over that that recommendations from friends is the most powerful marketing tool available, up to 10 times more effective than any traditional media advertising. So all you need to do is simply keep the information on your Facebook page up to date, such as business hours and your address and phone number, etc., and you'll begin to take advantage of this mobile-friendly feature. Another option to consider, especially if you're wanting increased foot traffic, is virtual coupons. This is a ripper, and Facebook offers has three types of virtual coupons, in-store only, in-store and online, and online only. 99% of people enjoy a deal, so how easy is it when you can just walk up to the register and uh, redeem your coupon by flashing your smartphone? I mean, you don't have to keep those pesky bloody coupons that you put in your wallet or put in your pocket and it goes through the the washing machine. <laughs> I've done that a few times. Another way to drive your business is through Facebook's promoted posts. And this enables you to turn your posts into ads and then appear on other people's Facebook news streams. This could also help you get your message out in front of a lot more people a lot faster. It's a great idea, especially if you're Facebook page is new and you haven't developed much traction yet, so just follow their guidelines. Michael, a copy of Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, How to Blitz Your Competition, my latest book out on Wiley, will be on its way to you tomorrow. And don't forget, you can also buy it um, on Books on Tape. If you if you want it, go to um, wherever you prefer to buy your books on tape, Amazon, wherever and um, get yourself a copy. You can listen to it in the car. My second email today comes from Jeffrey Pasternak from Detroit, Michigan. Dear Bob, thanks for an excellent show. I really enjoy it. It certainly taught me that there is a lot more to having a successful business and a great product. You talk on about how important it is to build a successful brand and cut through and, and create a cut-through message around your product. But my question is, how important is it to develop your own personal brand apart from what you build for your business? It's not a bad question. I noticed that your marketing company is called Market Force One Business Strategies, and yet you seem to constantly build the Bob Pritchard brand as well. Is that a deliberate strategy? Jeffrey, that is a bloody good question. 
Well, in my case, you know, I've got two totally different businesses. One's the Bob Pritchard business, which is speaking and writing books and the radio program. And then there's Market Force One Business Strategies, which is works with companies to um, raise money, develop their business strategies, create advertising and medium, media marketing campaigns, etc. You know, the business side of it. So they're really two quite different businesses doing quite different things. Um, but there's no question that the profile that's built up by Bob Pritchard certainly assists us to, mar- to market Market Force One. You know, we look at Bob Pritchard um, not as my name but as a brand on its own. Um, market Force One uses the CPB, you know, when you're serious about being successful. Now, that's certainly complementary to the Bob Pritchard brand. So, Jeff, I'd have to say that developing what's called a personal brand is a great way to position yourself in your industry and achieve a competitive edge. You know, if, if, if you're seen as the guru of the industry, then your business will automatically get the rub off. Now, let's, we'll assume for the moment, I'm not sure what you do, but let's assume that your business offers great products and services. You, you promote the business well, you spend money on publicity, advertising and marketing, you've got customer service pegged, you offer great customer service, you actively use social media um, and your mobile media platforms, business is good, your business is holding its own, but potential customers don't see you as the expert, they don't see you as that go-to person in your industry. So you need to develop that because if you're seen as the go-to person, it's a lot easier for people in a lot of ways to relate to a person. They can see your face. They know what you look like. They can watch YouTube and see what you look like or whatever. So it's easier to relate to that than it is to just a business name, no matter how good your branding is. So I think for certainly for professional-type industries um, and many other types of businesses now that I think about it, you're often the product you're often the product that people buy, whether you like that or whether you don't. Um, people will buy you well before they buy your products and services. You know, I, um, I'll stand up and give a speech and talk about the business and talk about what we do everywhere I can. So people will walk away from that saying, um, you know, I saw that Bob Pritchard today and he's got a business. Now, they mightn't remember what your business is, but... Um, once they look you up, they'll find it. So I found that um, building a personal brand doesn't happen by accident. You've actually got to go out there and do it. Um, a lot of people that I know that have built their name into a strong brand often have a PR company for the company, for their company, and they also employ a totally different PR company for themselves. So they keep themselves out there, they keep getting stories, they keep getting photos in the paper or whatever. Um, you know, a personal brand seldom happens by accident. I think you look at Branson, Branson's got a fantastic personal brand, but God, he works at it, doesn't he? I mean, he really works really hard at pushing that brand absolutely everywhere that he can. So... I would advise anybody in most businesses try and build yourself a brand. I think you look at um, you look at a Branson or a, or a Branson or a Jobs or a Welsh or 
any of these people. They are they spend a lot of time building their own brand. And how you market yourself can can actually be much more important than your products, more important than your prices, or even more important than how smart you are. Um, most people want to learn, and uh, I'm giving a presentation in a few weeks to a group, a, a business group, and they're ordinary, average, successful business people. I mean, they're not the apples, but they're very successful, solid business people, and um, I'll present to them about how they can make more money, how they can be more successful, how they can make advertising ring cash registers and all that sort of stuff, and um, how to how to make those connections with your audience so that they do relate to you and they do buy from you, and that will be good for both me, and with a bit of luck, I'll sell them some books, so it'll be good for me as a brand, but it will also be great for Market Force One business strategies because if they want to have um, their businesses improved or they want a new um, marketing campaign or they want a business strategy or they want um, um, a, um, a customer service strategy built for them, then they'd go to Market Force One business strategy. So we both win and it uh, rubs off on each other. So you need to... Um, Make yourself the expert in your field. Try and get a column in local newspapers. You could start with that. Try to get um, a, a segment on a radio program. Try to anything that will get you out in front of the eye, public eye, so that people will perceive you as an expert. And um, work on becoming a totally dominant force in your niche because I guarantee you, that 99% of your competitors won't do it. You know, I, I interviewed a guy today that will be on the show next week and he talks about um, how to win customers. And he says, all you have to do these days is do the nice things, do the things that you would expect to be done to you. Just very simple things and you will develop a loyalty because no one else does it. So if you build yourself a into a dominant force in your niche, you will own that market. Yeah, your target market audience, they want to do business with the company or person they believe to be the best. And what you portray is what you become. But remember, you know, that your brand's only going to appeal to prospective customers if it offers them the benefits that they're looking for. In other words, you know, they'll buy into your brand and they'll buy into you being a brand only if there's something in it for them. So don't build your brand in a vacuum. Put the message in terms that translate to what your target audience wants and needs. You know, Jeffrey, building a personal brand is not for everyone. You need to have the right sort of outgoing, bubbly personality, something that people really relate to. It also doesn't work in all types of businesses, but in my view, it can certainly help you if you do it correctly. Jeffrey, I'll send you a copy of Marketing Magic, a book I wrote a few years ago with Brian Tracy, Jay Conrad Levinson and Robert Bly, and I'm sure that you'll love it, and we'll get that off to you tomorrow. So if you're a regular listener to the show and are benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, please tell your friends to listen. Go to my website at bobpritchard.com and subscribe to my monthly newsletter. Thanks for listening to the Bob Pritchard No Bullshit Business Radio Show for Entrepreneurs, and remember... 
If you're serious about being successful, this is the place to come every week at exactly the same time. This is Bob Pritchard, and I hope that you have a fantastic week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.